Welcome to the Saturday edition of the Fun Astrology Podcast. Thomas Miller, let's get this cranking because the markets were very interesting this past week. And there absolutely is a correlation between the sky above and what happens with those supercomputers on Wall Street. (laughs) I watched it all week this week. And by the way, before we get going here, let me mention that tomorrow on the Subconscious Mind Mastery podcast, my other podcast, I'm doing something a little bit unique geared toward your Sunday morning coffee. So watch for that episode. It'll be out early, like the Fun Astrology episodes. It'll be out probably before you're up, and you can catch that, and it's intended for Sunday mornings. I hope you enjoy it. Let's dig into the MMACycles.com newsletter from Ray Merriman, our professor of financial astrology. He has some good astrology right off the bat today. First of all, an article from CNBC yesterday. It said Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell said Friday that stresses in the banking sector could mean that interest rates won't have to be as high to control inflation. Now, Ray's commentary for this week. He says the bigger they are, the harder they fall. The old saying from either boxing lore and or the Bible. Is there any adage more appropriate that describes the current T-square of Jupiter, the biggest, to Pluto, the fall or collapse, and Mars, the trigger or the punch? In politics, it could mean exactly what it says. In terms of markets, it could also mean the higher they go, the harder they fall. Since we're talking about financial markets here, we note several global stock indices have blasted off to new multi-month and even multi-year highs last week, which certainly fits the Mars-Jupiter square from early Leo to early Taurus. Will they now fall as hard as they have rallied since their breakouts that began around the time of the Sun-Uranus conjunction on May 9th? Uranus pertains to breaking out above long-term resistance or below long-term support. Most notable was the breakout in the Japanese Nikkei stock index, which soared to 30,924 last week, its highest level since 1990, and a quote-unquote breakout above the double tops at 30,714 and 30,795 back in February and September of 2021, That was under the Saturn-Uranus waning square. But maybe it was the German DAX, which actually did rally to a new all-time high on Friday, reaching 16,331, slightly above its prior all-time high of 16,290, achieved on November 18, 2021, under that same Saturn-Uranus waning square. In the Americas, it was the tale of two markets. The Nasdaq soared to a new yearly high, and the S&P to its highest mark in nine months. However, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was closer to its seven-week low early last week, before recovering somewhat into Friday, but again down on the day as well as off its cycle high of May 1st, when the trickster, of course Mercury, was near its retrograde midpoint. Nearly all of the world's stock indices rallied nicely into the end of last week, except the Hang Seng in Hong Kong, which instead did indeed fall to its lowest mark in eight weeks on Friday. There were a couple of other notable activities in the financial markets last week under this developing fixed T-square of Mars, Jupiter, Uranus, the bracketed time from May 16th through the 23rd. 
Gold, for instance, dropped to a seven-week low of 1954 on Thursday as Jupiter squared Pluto. Silver fell to 2348 the same day, well off its yearly high of 2643 on May 5th. But the next day, yesterday, Friday, each was undergoing a smart rally. Crude oil was also up nicely last week to a high of 7358. As recently as May 4th, it was making a new yearly low at 6364. This is an important marker right now because Jupiter is involved, making a square to both Mars and Pluto that between May 18th through the 23rd. Bitcoin, on the other hand, had an inside week to the prior week's range. Still, it's holding above its 25,000 level in this reversal zone, which is a positive for bulls so far. Going back to our original quote that opened this week's column, the higher they go, the markets, the harder they fall. There are other pearls of wisdom too, such as once resistance breaks, it becomes support. Just a personal commentary, this is exactly what I was watching this week, is what he's talking about. Just think of ceiling and floor. Think of your house. Think of the ceiling and the floor. When price breaks through the ceiling, the ceiling becomes the new floor as it goes on up. That's what he's mentioning here. The resistance is the ceiling. The support is the floor. Thus, he says, we have parameters as to whether this will be a big reversal zone in which lofty markets will suddenly collapse or will continue upside breakout. In other words, back to our example, if price goes up into your attic and it tumbles down into your root cellar, that's one possibility. Or it goes up through your attic, right out your chimney, and on up into the clouds. That is not in Ray's article. <laughs> That's my aside, just to try to make sense of this if you're not quite flocking onto what he's talking about there. The breakouts from Friday are marked by the Sun-Uranus conjunction of May 9th. Usually, when a market breaks out under that aspect, it will continue higher for up to 14 trading days afterwards before a serious pullback. That time band extends out to May 26th. In other words, if this is a case of the higher they go, the harder they will fall, the reversal would most likely occur any time before May 29th, as May 26th is a Friday. Another market maxim is that market behaviors are governed by fear, Saturn, and greed, Jupiter. Jupiter is running the tables right now. The sun will square Saturn on May 29th, but I've always questioned that maxim for I think greed is also a characteristic of fear. Now the short-term geocosmics and longer-term thoughts. A quote from the Wall Street Journal online edition from yesterday. White House and House Republican negotiators trying to resolve an impasse over raising the debt ceiling broke off talks, tempering hopes of quickly reaching a deal ahead of the government's default as soon as next month. Negotiators said the breakdown in talks centered around how deeply to cut the government budget, which House Speaker Kevin McCarthy from California said Friday that spending levels were a major sticking point as Republicans pressed for deeper reductions than Democrats appeared poised to accept. And then this quote from Dennis Harness, who is a psychologist and astrologer from Sedona, Arizona. Astrology and the astrologer, he says, is a choice giver not the choice maker. Ray says, well, The markets did not collapse under the Mars-Jupiter-Pluto fixed T-square that is now underway until May 23rd. 
In fact, several global stock indices soared higher as news of a possible breakthrough in the debt ceiling negotiations was cited last week. That was before Friday's statement to the contrary after the market closed. However, as mentioned last week, there is not likely to be an agreement while this aspect is underway. After all, fixed T-squares are not indicators of compromise and agreement. On the contrary, they usually indicate stubbornness and reluctance to budge much at all. Parties tend to remain firm in their positions. It is as if being right is more important than doing what is best for most people concerned, Aquarius. With Mars about to enter Leo, squaring Jupiter, there is also a more than usual amount of egoism and machoism involved. Being right is sometimes mistaken for being tough and being strong. In many cases, it is just being immature, primal, and even greedy, which, as mentioned before, is a mask for being fearful, fearful of being seen as weak. In any event, these psychological dramas at the highest political levels are being acted out as a critical deadline fast approaches that can lead to negative consequences in spite of Jupiter's usually positive nature. It can still lead to panic, especially as we are right in the midst of this May 16th to 23rd cosmic crunch time, otherwise known as the three-star critical reversal point. Everyone wants a resolution to this debt ceiling impasse. Well, maybe not everyone. And I think it can still happen by the Jupiter-Saturn sextile June 19th. And when it does, markets will explode even further to the upside. But that doesn't mean there will not be a sudden plunge first as the two sides continue to fight with their feet in cement. For equity indices, this is still a case of the higher they go, the harder they fall. And with Mars involved, the plunge can be steep and quick, even at a record level. At the same time, this matter points out one astrological truism. Market behavior is not directly related to geocosmic factors. Geocosmic factors accurately describe the psychological climate unfolding. And by deduction, as well as historical rates of frequency, we project that psychological climate onto human activity and then make an educated guess about how it will impact financial markets. Often we are correct, but there are other times when we have to realize that choice has the ultimate effect on the outcome, and the debt ceiling limit is still a matter of choice. And thus, equity markets are rising because investors think government leaders will work this out. As long as investors think it will be resolved, and as often as political leaders give sound bites that progress is being made, stock markets will rally. But if the debt ceiling limit is not resolved before a default hits, then it's the higher they go, the harder they fall. This also applies to political leaders too, as the bigger they are, the harder they fall. Republicans seem to know this. A default is not going to hurt them as much as it will hurt the big guy. And the big guy needs to be careful about misjudging this situation as if it is purely a matter requiring him to be strong, tough, and unbending. What is required is to find common ground and compromise. Yes, his supporters will say he is right, but the opposition and the independents will say otherwise once it begins to endanger their sense of security. And that concludes this week's newsletter.
Just a couple of additional comments to wrap this up for this week, and then I'm hitting the road for Florida, where I'm going down to help Fred Dodson put on the Levels of Energy seminar in New Smyrna Beach next weekend, the holiday weekend in the United States. And I am so looking forward to that. And I get to see my daughter for a couple of days in Orlando this week. So it's going to be a a great, great week. What about the Fun Astrology Podcast? Well, it's already all in the can. Normally, I don't like to record ahead, but for the next week and a couple of days, we will. So definitely, we'll see you back here on Monday. Something I've been marveling at, really, quite honestly, this week is the correlation between these astrological alignments and how they play out, especially in the microcosm of the financial markets. I have some stuff that I'm following now that drills it right down to the daily, even the hourly level. And it's based on some Vedic stuff that I don't understand. It's software, so it just does, it pops the stuff up. But it will say potential high of the day or potential low of the day. And I mean, within a time band of certainly within an hour or two, there it is. And I mean, these are astrological alignments that have been known for thousands of years. (laughs) How does it it work like that? Well, it is, and it does. The other thing that I've observed is that with these markets, it's just stuff about it that doesn't make fundamental sense. I've heard so many comments over the last couple of weeks about it just appears that this market is being propped up by something. Then when you see all this buying like we saw this past week, like Ray's talking about, that takes the price up into your attic, just wonder, where is that money coming from? Are all these institutional money managers and traders and high-frequency trading shops and all that, are they all of a sudden putting all this money into the markets before this decision, this important debt ceiling decision is reached? I don't think so. Is it retail traders like you and me that are moving it? I don't think so. (laughs) No way. Who's left? So maybe a very interesting study would be to see how astrology plays out over political influences, because that's the only one left standing when the music has stopped. (laughs) So you think about who is big enough to move it and what could they be up to? And that's the other part of this that is just totally fascinating. And even that weaves in with these astrological correlations. How can we make hay of this? By knowing our own charts, by knowing our transits and our solar arc progressions, our secondary progressions. Know where these things are in your own life and then structure things accordingly. These 12 areas or chambers of our life that are affected by these energetic alignments represented by the planets and the signs. When you see the alignment of all of that and where things are positioning and what aspects are ahead of you, then you can position yourself for likely outcomes. Just like the market price, you can anticipate something, get in front of it, and see that it's there. And we've tried to put together some really good resources for you to do that. So I would point you to our 101 course and then Robert's Horary course if you'd like to deepen your knowledge of astrology. Both are available on the funastrology.com website. I will be checking in on our Facebook group from the trip and we'll break in if there's anything that is significant that we need to. But otherwise, I'm going to leave you in the hands of, what, five, six, seven, I think, already recorded podcast episodes. Won't be here next Saturday. We'll skip a Saturday and then be back the following week. Love you guys. Have a wonderful week ahead, and I will see you from the road.